Hey everyone, welcome to When Faith Meets Therapy. I'm Anthony Evans. And I'm Stacy Kaiser. And we are so excited to be able to bring you this podcast series based on our book, When Faith Meets Therapy. Let me formally introduce you to Stacy Kaiser, who is a very well-known, very successful licensed psychotherapist here in the Los Angeles area. And she happens to be my personal therapist. As I was pursuing hope and my practical path to emotional, spiritual, and relational healing, Stacy has been my therapist along the way, and I wanted to be able to share her with all of you. Now, one thing that I need to let all of you know is that a therapeutic relationship is a confidential relationship. So I'm not usually on a podcast or in a book talking about my clients. As a matter of fact, if I run into them, we typically have some sort of an arrangement where I don't tell anyone that I'm their therapist. The reason that Anthony is here is because Anthony has waived his confidentiality to share all of this with all of you. But what you will notice as you're listening is that Anthony will be sharing his story. I won't be sharing his story. Absolutely. And tell him one one last important thing before we dive into today's episode, Stacey. Yes. It's important for everyone to know that this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the guidance of your mental health professional or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have about any condition that you might have. Now, if you are in a crisis or think you may have an emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately. If you are having a mental health crisis or suicidal thoughts, there is a new hotline, much like we dial 911, dial 988. That's 988, and you will get to talk to a skilled, trained counselor at a crisis center in your area at any time. If you are located outside of the United States, call your local emergency line immediately. Let's get into today's episode. Hey, it's episode five of When Faith Meets Therapy, and... We are excited to talk about valuing yourself, understanding your intrinsic value, um, which a lot of times starts with, even if you're not in the place you want to be, I, you know, I, I always talk about houses and how I love them so much and all this stuff. I can walk into a house that has, it looks horrible and see what it could be and get so excited about it. You can knock down this wall, you can make this and you can do all this stuff. I see a value even in something that's like dilapidated at times. For some reason, sometimes that doesn't translate to myself. Like areas of myself that I think are just not where I want them to be, I I can't for some reason look at me and go, but you could remodel this. You could remodel your heart and make it amazing. And I think at some point I had to learn the art of valuing yourself even as is before you start the renovations to your heart. Yeah, and to me, that's a lot about what therapy is about. It's about raising your own personal value. Um, We have hinted and talked a little bit in other episodes about value and all that other stuff. So I'm glad that we're digging into this. And I I just want to share with all of you the kinds of things that can affect our, our value of ourselves. So first thing is 
our upbringing, like the experiences that you've had along the way in life can impact how you see yourself. Yes. The second is baggage that you've literally picked up along the way. Difficult times, struggles, the way people treated you, all of that stuff can impact your value. Your value can also be impacted by the thoughts you think in your head and the things that other people say to you. Yeah. I literally had a conversation with a guy today um, before I came here, and he told me that one of his friends kept saying to him, I don't know how people spend time around you because, you know, you're loud. And, and he is loud. But he said he hears that so often that he started thinking there was actually something wrong with him. Mm. And I was like, no, there's nothing wrong with you in your essence as a being. But you do probably need to lower the volume occasionally because if he's in a restaurant or something, right. people are like, shh, shh, shh. Right. You know? But that's not tied to your value as a human being because there's one area that you need to work on. Right. And actually, why is he loud? His whole family is loud. Yeah, he can't. That, that's just what it is. Yeah. <laughs> you got to speak loud to get heard in that family. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes it's very hard for me to dis, to, um, to isolate, excuse me, isolate something from the, the broad scope of Anthony. Like an area that I need to work on does not mean that you're a mess overall or that you're not intrinsically valuable. I have... Um, you know, I have friends who, when they're facing a hard time, I'm always reminding them, but yo, you're, you're like, when life feels like they're falling apart for them, they start to just say, I don't know what's wrong with me. Like, there's something wrong with me. I'm not that, like, nobody's seeing my, like that kind of thing. And that's too far. That's. Absolutely. And, And here's the part that I think is interesting. Those of us that stop and say, is that me? Okay, that can be considered growth-oriented, right? Right, right. Like, I've talked in other episodes about the importance of, like, looking at your part. So yes. I think it's completely fine to be like, hey, is it me? Did I do something? But but to then translate it to who you are and your value as a human being is where everything starts to become a mess. Yeah. Because people who don't feel like they're valuable, they have lower self-esteem, they end up depressed, anxious, it impacts their work, uh, their productivity, their home life, their mental health. Even their immune system can be affected if you're not feeling good about yourself. Right. Yeah. I have, have, just being honest, I have moments where I have allowed myself to believe that I am not valuable, a narrative that sometimes if a friendship or relationship kind of communicates that to me, I'll start to believe that. And I will start doing things that are self-deprecating because I no longer care. Like, my my um, wherewithal for standards kind of goes away. You know what I mean? You just you just your standards just go because you're just you start believing a narrative that you're not valuable. But that's where faith comes in big for me, because understanding the truth about you, whether you feel it or not. Which earlier in one of the in episodes we talked about emotions not having intellect, and when your emotions sneak in and say you're not valuable, you're not. You have to. Your emotions cannot be the engine period in general, but especially as related to your value, they have to be the caboose and they have to be the caboose behind the engine of truth, which is that we were all fearfully and wonderfully made, that God has a purpose and a plan for each in each individual that will work itself out. If there's, when, when I read, uh, when I read the, the verse that talks about us being fearfully and wonderfully made, I always think about anything that's one of a kind, anything that, that is one of a kind is it has no price. I mean, the value is not even, you You can't even assess the value because it's one of a kind. Like if it's an object that's one of a kind, it be, the, the price for it is is astronomical. 
we are living beings that are one of a kind. That and God says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. So sometimes you valuing your starf, you valuing yourself, starts with what does He say about you? And He says you are one of a kind. He says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And sometimes that's the narrative you have to start walking in that narrative, and your feelings will follow your. I love that. I'm going to ask you a question that I know you get asked, which is, and this actually ties to the value thing. Mm-hmm. I probably should have listed this in my list of things that affect your value. You about to ask me why I'm not married? I'm just kidding. No, That's but you get asked that a lot. <laughs> I get asked that a you, lot. You get asked that a lot. It's all good. I'm anyway. not going to say if I know why or why not, uh-huh. if I know or don't know. You know about all my commitment issues, Stacey. But anyway. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. But but what, what I should have added is, that people will sometimes say, like, God must not love me because they took away a family member. God must not love me because my job is horrible or I'm having financial problems or I got COVID and I'm still having, like, long-term COVID effects or God doesn't love me because I don't have a relationship. Um, And and I I think it would be helpful for you to share what do you say when people say that to you? First of all, I will acknowledge those feelings because they are so real. But I mean, you know, the, 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 I understand what it feels like to feel like God's forgotten about me. I'm unloved. I mean, I've, when we, our family lost our mother after all these fervent prayers and stuff, I was like, man, this is whack. Like God, I mean, I had, I didn't go to the level of questioning whether he exists or not, but I was like, this is crazy. This is crazy that you would allow this. And I know a lot of people think that I would acknowledge those feelings, but at the same time, there has to be a baseline where you go but I have faith that somehow all of this thing, all of this stuff will work itself together because he values me. Like somehow this is going to end up being a scenario that is beneficial for my heart or for others. I believe that there have been so many things that there's a, a project that our family did together that that, that came out of uh, the the loss of our, our our mom and the loss of a lot of our family members. And I look at that, even though I want my mom sitting here at the table with us, I look at certain things that have come out of the heartbreak in those moments where you feel like God's forgotten about you, that, that, that reminds you that, no, he hasn't. He hasn't. Life sucks at times. Stuff happens in your life that is whack. But I want, I, with that, not negating that, it's also believing what I believe is the truth, that he's going to work all this stuff together because he values you which it's, it's hard. It's not, it's not easy because you just don't want this stuff to happen. But, but that's where you just have to have faith yep. that that is true. That is faith. And you just made me think as you were talking about, you know, there is the value of how we see ourselves. Yes. But we are, we all have to watch letting other people determine our value. Oh, yeah. If five people are mean to me today, that doesn't mean that I'm not valuable. Right. It might mean that five people had a bad day. And so we have to take a look at where our value comes from. And I want everyone to ask themselves, like, is your weight of who you are dependent on how other people view you or experiences you have? Or is it about the truth that you know about yourself? Because it's really important that we all know who we are and what is good about us. Yes. And I think you do a great job of knowing your value. Thanks to you. <laughs> and you. Yes, yes. I know you always say and that. I always say thanks to you. You're like, no, no, no. in your life who are also. <laughs> yes, yes. I've set myself up with understanding my value. And once I did that and didn't take, didn't put myself on sale, which we mentioned in, in, in one of the other uh, episodes, then people who were willing to 
to do what it takes to be in my life came around. And then that's when I was like, oh my gosh, there are people who will, I don't have to discount myself. And then that creates an intrinsic belief in your value. Like when, when, when we finish this episode, I'm going to go sit down around a table with people who I don't ever have to compromise my value for them. Like I just don't. It's just they don't ask me to do that. And when, once you get, and that goes back to the earlier episodes where we're talking about relationships and, 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 so, and respect and all that stuff. Um, but that's, that's what happened. I, I didn't, I believed in what I was worth um, and, and, and did not ever compromise that. And people came into my life who reinforced what I believed initially first. I believed it about myself yes. first. That's this. saying you have to love yourself first. Yes. Stacy, can you believe that it has been over five years since we met? I can't believe it's been five years. And five years ago, I never thought that you and I would be sitting in a room doing a podcast called When Faith Meets Therapy. And I really want to thank you because I think you're helping a lot of people. The stigma with therapy is real. And what we want people to know is that you can hold on to your faith and you can also work on yourself in a therapeutic process and environment. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. They don't, but I'm excited that we we are able to do this together to help people break out of cycles that are detrimental to them. Um, doing the work is not a sign of weakness. A lot of us think that therapy means that we're weak in our faith, and that is not the case at all. It's about helping you get a clear path to find healing. And we're hoping that this book helps you break through. I'm hoping that all of you will see that Anthony and I tried to share both of our perspectives. Anthony as a worship leader, artist, and producer, and me as a therapist. It is my belief that all the people that read our book and listen to this podcast will find help, hope, healing, and freedom while trying to navigate life's struggles. I want you all to know something. No one is immune from life's difficulties, and yet many people are reluctant to talk about their mental health or seek professional help when they're struggling. So what's the next step if somebody wants to get this book, Stacey? It's available everywhere. Just search for When Faith Meets Therapy book, and you can purchase a copy from wherever you like to read. This podcast is sponsored by Faithful Counseling. Life is full of twists and turns, moments of growth, and moments where we feel like we're taking a few steps back. And it's important to show up for yourself and your loved ones through all of the struggles that life can bring. Faithful Counseling will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist who is a practicing Christian. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. Anthony and Stacy are passionate about getting you connected to a trained and licensed professional counselor. So here's how it works. Visit www.faithcounseling.com slash when faith meets therapy and sign up to get the professional faith-based counseling that you deserve. Once signed up, you can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor and schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you don't have to be on camera if you don't want to. Faithful Counseling is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed until you find the right fit for you. 
It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. We all need to talk to someone and faithful counseling can help. Again, it's as simple as visiting www.faithfulcounseling.com slash when faith meets therapy. Best yet, you will get this special offer for when faith meets therapy listeners. Get 10% off your first month at www.faithfulcounseling.com slash when faith meets therapy. Thanks again to Faithful Counseling for sponsoring this episode. <laughs> there is something valuable about loving who you know you can become even though you don't love where you are. And once you once you take ownership of that, like I, I you know, it's and taking ownership's not easy at all. Like even when I when I see a house I want to renovate, the process of owning it is very hard. There's paperwork, you got to prove this, you got to prove that, but once you own it, then you can change it and make it what you know it can be. And I think I started to do that. And I think I started to do that. I started to take ownership of, of, of the parts of me that I didn't even love or like. And, and when I took ownership and started to work on it, the value followed me taking the ownership. Absolutely. And, and look, we talk a lot in the book about the importance of hope, yeah. hope and faith. But what you're talking about is taking what you know about yourself and then holding on to hope. Yes, um, it, and that is so important. I think all of us have had moments of self-hatred oh, yeah. or self-doubt. I think most of us have had moments where we are literally brought to our knees in misery going like, what can I do? Like, I'm a mess right now. I've had a lot of those. <laughs> yeah. all. I mean, most of us yeah. have. Yeah. Um, and I think the one tip that I want to give at this point is that's when you have to go back to what do you know about you and your strengths? Mm -hmm. What are your strengths? What do you know for sure? So I'm just going to pick on you because you're the only person I'm talking to right now. Let's (laughs) go. Can you give an example to everybody who's listening? Like if you're in a bad space, what are some things that you'd be like, as bad as I am, or I'm doubting my value, but I know I am this, this, and this. Wow. I know when I'm doubting myself and when I'm really hurting, I know, I know intrinsically what I am worth as a child of God, period. I, I, I know that even when things are, are awful and falling apart, I know how he's defined me. As I mentioned earlier, I know that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I know that he has a plan and a purpose for my life. And that is where I start even on the worst days when I wake up like this is, this is whack. Like life right now sucks. I, I can go, okay, but that, that's my baseline of where I'm starting. And that can get me to just take the next step toward, I mean, just a step. Sometimes it's just a step toward understanding my, my value, but that is step one always. That is step one always for yeah. me. And, and knowing your value is directly uh, connected to having confidence. Yeah. And confident people are more productive, more successful, and happier. So that is why this conversation is so important. I want each of you to take a moment and ask yourself, 
in what what ways do I value myself? Mm-hmm. Maybe you are a charitable person, and that's something you value. Maybe you're smart. Maybe you can type on your phone faster than anyone you know. Maybe mm-hmm. you, you know, bake uh, for family members at family events. Like, what are things that you bring to the table that you can hold on to as values yeah. and value? Absolutely. And you, 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 you talk about in the book, interrupting negative thoughts. I think that is a great... When the negative thoughts come in that try to tell you what you're not worth, you interrupt those negative thoughts with things that could be very simple, but that give value to who you are. Like interrupt those thoughts with, yeah, this this is maybe the, the feeling I have is I'm not... I'm not as good at whatever as this other person. Let's interrupt that thought. What am I good at? What am I? And you have to, a lot of times you have to do that because life will create scenarios that tell you you're not valuable. I mean, that's just, life will do that all the time. Yeah, yeah. But what I've realized that, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of, there's very specific instances, especially being here in Hollywood. Like when I sit here, I think about all the times Hollywood is built to make you not feel valuable at times. Hollywood will make you feel great for a second and then all of a sudden not like you. And your identity has to be in in something other than getting that that um, validation from from outside of you. That that has to come from the narrative that you've created internally, um, as as related to what you're worth. Yes, and he, that was well said. Okay. And here's something that I always find interesting: if if life deals you a bad hand, right? Like bad things happen, you get rejected. Uh, you lost your job, you can't find a relationship, you just got dumped, you just got uh, uh, ran out of money, like whatever it is that, that is a challenge. You had a falling out with a friend. It doesn't really matter what it is. What a lot of us then do is we then think to ourselves negative things connected to that. Like, oh, I just lost this friend. How many other friends do I have? Do people really like me? What yeah, should I have yeah, done? Spirals out of control. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And that's where that spiral thing happens. Yeah. I want to take a quick second and talk about overthinking. Mm-hmm. Um, people who overthink end up in dangerous territory when their value has been questioned. Oof. Because <laughs> it is a sign of intelligence, but us overthinkers will then stop and think of every other time yeah. <laughs> that we have not been valued or why or whatever. And we can literally make ourselves, you know, having like those cartoon characters when they get hit on the head and the birds are yeah, 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 spinning yeah, around. Yeah. yeah. Literally, you, you become that. <laughs> you <laughs> I, do. I, I, well, I say you. I mean, I have become that. I'm the overthinker. Anybody who knows me who listened to you say that was like, man, that is so Anthony. Just overthinking. Uh, it's it's ve- that's very hard for me to not do, but what helps? Uh, speaking of overthinking, what helps me get out of that is by going to scenarios or and creating environments, which goes back to some of these other things we've talked about, where your value is never in in question. Like, or I'm trying to, I have uh, like like in 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 my career, I felt very like nobody cares about who you are and what you do when I first started because I was not enough. I Basically, I, I, for those of you who don't know, a lot of you do know, I'm a, I'm a gospel artist first. Like I'm a musician first. But when I first started, there was such a divided line between gospel music and contemporary Christian music. And most of it was divided by white and black. It was very much that. So I wasn't obviously not a, not a white dude, but my music sounded more like that kind of music. And But I'm a black dude. So I was expected I was down the middle 
And nobody saw value in what I was doing because I didn't fit. Like I didn't fit in one way anywhere, or the other. Anywhere. Yeah, it yeah, like. it didn't fit anywhere. And that's in this. And well, now it's different. Like I'm currently on a tour that dispels all those myths. But but that's 20 years later. But at the very beginning, I felt like I was worth nothing, and I had to learn the art. Even in that in my career, I had to learn the art of even when your circumstances are telling you you are not valuable, you have to go. You have to find a place to go where you're celebrated. And what I did was I started to go and sing. Like, for instance, I, I went to go sing live at, at churches. I, I was singing live at churches and they didn't care about any of these things the industry cared about. And I found a lane because I didn't allow that devaluing to stop me. That you're not this, you're not that enough. I could have quit music and just been like, I guess I'll be a session singer because I don't know what I don't know what else to do when it comes to this live thing. I figured out a way to not compromise me to understand my value and to start walking in my own in my own calling which was singing live at these church. So basically I have a career and a lane that was built out of me not allowing circumstances and situations to tell me that I wasn't valuable and make me stop in my tracks. And what happened was there was a there's there are people who for 20 years have had me back over and over and over again and who celebrate me the way that I'm built. I think that people should find, it takes work, it takes resolve, it takes understanding your value. But a lot of times, um, those things that are devaluing you are directing you toward what is going to actually be the lane you're supposed to be in as related to your to what, to what your value, which a lot of times is tied to your calling and, and tied to what you're supposed to be doing, if that makes sense. No, it makes total sense. And I love that line where then when you know your value and you go and do whatever you do, you then get to surround yourself by people who celebrate yes. you. Yes. Um, the way you are built. Because yeah. I think we're all looking for that. And we all need to value ourselves for the way we are built. Absolutely. So finding my lane uh, and, and not allowing my circumstances to, um, to, to make me question my, my value all the way to where I stopped, that's how I kept going and found people, found scenarios, work and personal that were made for me. They were, that, that was what was made for me. It wasn't easy to find, but I had to believe that I was worth something, not just career-wise, but as, as a human being. And then, then a lane opens up that brings you so much peace and so much joy. You know, I, you will hear me talk about making sure that you know that you are valuable as you are. Um, but the fact is, as human beings, we are impacted by other people. For sure. And so that is why, and you will hear Anthony say this all the time, it is important to surround yourself literally in an echo chamber of people who value you. So you don't even have to question yourself when you're with them. Yeah. You don't even have to have those moments because they totally love you just as you are. Yeah, absolutely. You give us steps in, in the book. Uh, you, you give us a couple things as related to um, getting the narrative out of your head where... Getting negative narratives out of your head and, and understanding who you are. Like one, one of the things is you say, if, if there are negative narratives that are making you question your value, that you need to assess the origins of them. Is that, is that kind of the, one of the main ways that you can get out of devaluing yourself is to assess the origins of why do you think I'm not valuable? Yes. So you want to ask yourself, how did I get this way? Because we are all born 
believing we're amazing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> if yeah. you watch little kids, they are so like, hey, look at me, look at me, look That's at me. True. And so we have to sort of figure out what was it that got to us along the way. You know, I, I talked in another episode about being bullied when I was young, and it was ongoing for a long time. And it made me nervous meeting new people. Mm-hmm. Plus, most people don't realize this about me, but I'm actually kind of shy. I'm not shy if I'm comfortable, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but if I'm uncomfortable, I'm pretty quiet. Like, put me in a party with a bunch of strangers. I'm, like, hoping people come up to me. I have to force myself to go talk to them. Mm-hmm. But the the negative stuff that I was getting made me afraid to approach people because I was afraid I was going to be criticized. Oh, got and it. one day I thought to myself, wait a minute, I'm giving all of this power to this one kid who's making me feel bad. Maybe I can be just fine socially if I try, if I take risks. Um, The fact that I was able to literally isolate that behavior to him made me realize that I was giving him power over me Uh in a way that wasn't reasonable. And so we really have to look at who is taking our power away from us. Now, there is a chapter in the book. We're not currently doing a podcast episode about this, about harnessing your inner power. And so you all might want to read that to get more stuff on it. But we don't want other people to take our power away. And holding on to our value is one way that we get to do that. Oof. That's huge. I think that the pe- people being able to take away, take to change the narrative on what you think about yourself and how you value yourself is enormous. I mean, that I think most people listening to this podcast, if we gave them a microphone, would have a scenario where something happened to them via somebody else where it literally put on sale on you and you believed it. Like you weren't able to, pe- to peel off the on sale sign off of you after you allowed to, for whatever to happen or it just happened to you. So, Getting your power back by by changing that value narrative is so huge to me. It's it's so huge. And how how do, do you have any practical steps on getting your power back so that you can change the value the 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 um the value narrative? I think that there's ways to assert your value. First of all, it's to just know that. All of us human beings deserve to be valued. If someone is treating you badly, that is about them. Because even if you were the most horrible human being on the planet, yeah. that doesn't mean that you deserve to be treated badly by others. Right. So so that that is that is one but step. Say that again. If somebody's treating you badly, that is on them. Is that what you said? That saying? is on them. That's an issue. That's about them. That's about an issue in the inside yes. of them. Yes. But the other thing is, is that you need to know who you are and what your strengths are. You need to know that deep down inside um, you're proud of who you are and the way you are. Um, and then I think the other piece is you need to stand up for yourself and set boundaries against those people who try to devalue you mm-hmm. and say things literally like, cut it out, yeah. or I don't like that, or I don't deserve to be treated that way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And once you start doing that, it gets easier. Like it's it's just... It's any exercise. Once you do it a bunch, it's like, oh, the, the, it, it gets easier. You can do more reps of it. And once you taught me the art of, you know, uh, laced with grace and kindness, being being kind and grace, graceful and gracious to yourself, um, but also setting standards that I'm not going to put up with this from me or from others, it, 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 it set me up for progress, which this, that's what this is all about. Valuing yourself is all about progress, not perfection. 
Yes. And the last thing I want to say, and this is so therapisty of me, <laughs> affirmations are important. Yeah. You hear what you are thinking. If you are busy thinking, I don't have value, I'm not good enough, you hear that and it affects your self-worth and self-esteem. So we all need to give positive affirmations for ourselves, which is, I am worthy. I am good just because I am me. Yeah. I am deserving of kindness and happiness and success. And come up with a mantra for yourself that feels good for you to hear that you can repeat in those moments when you're feeling down. Yeah. And even when you're not feeling down. Absolutely. Just just period. And there are actually, in, in the back of this book, there are verses that we put that go along with everything because a lot of us have mantras that are verses that we say over ourselves. Like, what does God say about me? And those, I put them everywhere. I, I put them up on a mirror. I put them around. I put them so I see, I see what's being said about me by the person who created me. And that changes everything. Right. So you can imagine the combination of affirmations from him oh. and affirmations from yourself. Unbeatable. Yes. Un Unstoppable. Unstoppable. You are valuable. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Hey everyone, thanks again for listening to When Faith Meets Therapy. You can go deeper with us on today's episode by picking up a copy of our new book, When Faith Meets Therapy. It's available wherever books are sold. And if you felt like you got something out of today's episode, do someone a favor. Share it with a friend who might need to hear that they can find hope and that there is a practical path to emotional, spiritual, and relational healing. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next time. This show is a part of the Converge Podcast Network.